Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Marcel Mathis is back and replacing Mr. Ben Clark is none other than Charlie Raposo, GS star in the making. How are you guys? Who's in? Well, I have a lower GS world rank currently, so I'll go first, Marcel. Yeah, but that, that, that took you about five years to get a lower rank. Than <laughs> and I haven't been skiing for the last three, so... Do you know well, what? I'm, yeah, not even, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say so little on this podcast. You can even feed <laughs> Marcel's still convinced he would get on skis tomorrow with, I believe, still a broken ACL and still beat me. Well, um, no, I have I have zero doubts in my mind that I would beat you in GS. <laughs> I just want to say I'm still better ranked in all the other disciplines, Charlie. That's actually a bit disgraceful. <laughs> I might actually do a couple of Super G races, so we'll hopefully amend that. Yeah, but it's going to take another five years to beat me in that <laughs> Oh, this is brilliant. Uh, oh. Yes, yeah, you know, we always have this. Good, good. He'll be in his grave and he'll still be able to ski faster GS than me. I like it. According, according to him. Well, well, the thing is with you, I don't even have to ski faster. I just have to come into the finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we? A minute in? That, that was good. I should have seen that one coming. I don't have a rebuttal. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. There's an, <laughs> there an element of truth in that. <laughs> Work in progress. Always All right, a... let's fire it up. Ski racing, where are we at? Yeah, man. Let's right. Let's... All weekend. Yeah, I know. It was an awesome weekend. Let's start off with that men's GS. Um, it was insane, wasn't it? The piece looked... Charlie, you can tell us in a second, but the piece looked mega. Uh, the snow looked decent. The corset looked pretty good dealing with all that terrain. And uh, Odomat absolutely dominated that second round. That was a pretty impressive run to behold. Let's start with you, Marcel. Just quickly tell us what you thought of the race. Obviously, pretty annoyed for your Pantero pick. I mean, I'm gutted. I'm honestly gutted for that pick. But Odomat skied so well in the second round. Like, he was really going for it, charging. And he, I mean, he was a well-deserved winner. Like, there wasn't no one to be anywhere close to him um and i mean pintero he lost a lot of time at the last pitch which is very unusual and i think he potentially thought he was still doing the right thing but he just didn't and he lost i think or he, he second second place like five hundreds off which is yeah. nothing but in the grand scheme of things it's big because it gives him like it would have given him like another 30 points so that was i think that was well that's probably playing a bit with his mind right now, I guess. Yeah, it's, I think it's safe to say that um, the pressure all of a sudden, I, you know, I would have thought he would be somebody that just brushes that pressure off your water off a duck's back, as it were. But then uh, sort of seemingly creeping in as the as the title gets closer, it sort of creeps in and, and it's a bit of a shock for to see him. Yeah, I, I guess buckle maybe a bit of a, a, a strong, too strong a term, but certainly be affected by that pressure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unlucky a couple of times, I would say, because I think he had a lot of fourth, fifth place this year and they were always very, very, very yes. close to yeah. second and third place. So that's a bit unfortunate. But in the end, I mean, if you're 500 too slow, you're 500 too slow, right? Then three guys are better than you um, or were better than you. So, I mean, I think the podium was well-deserved. I felt like Loic was skiing really well and also Brandsteiner, who had obviously another podium in the in the pocket. So he's, he's tying me up, hopefully, 
um <laughs> you, you'll get you're you're a little bit annoyed aren't you that you're becoming slightly less 100 percent he's annoyed 100 <laughs> percent Char- nah, charlie as long, were... as long as i'm still better than charlie i'd absolutely fine <laughs> charlie you were you were racing um what did you make of it how, how was the hill and how was the set how was the snow and also you know what was your take on the race yeah i think it was um Slope was in really good shape. Obviously, very much kind of melt freeze. It's kind of weird, you know. The, the warm up slope is right beside warm up slope, hyper aggressive. Race slope was was a little peely kind of spring snow, but held up really nice. Yeah, a bit of a groove there around fifty three, but on the whole, that top pitch was was really nice to ski. As for the race, I one of the coolest GS races I've seen in a while. You know, I didn't obviously I was kind of irritated first run and well first run sorry focusing on my race. Second round, I was in the car and irritated and pissed off, so I didn't really tune in. But Odomart put on a a masterclass, I think, in that second run. Yeah. Um, for a handful of reasons, I think the reason he goes so fast is like no one will ever look at Odomart skiing and go, oh, like he's hooking the turn at the end of the gate. Oh, he's too high with the line. Like the guy just, those skis are always in the fall line. It's unbelievable how he skis. Um, you know, it, it, it's funny because I guess, on one side in ski racing so often you're working on always trying to have your skis on the ground grounded into the turn contact so often with Odomat you actually see those skis off the ground in the transition um but you know they're just always in the fall line always going down it's, it's a bit um, more of an old it's a bit more of an old school style to skiing isn't it if you if you watch it that sort of big up and down movement that sort of chuck not chucking the skis because it makes it sound like it's just they're thrown out there but they're obviously it, there's method to it but it looks yeah. it's quite cool nobody else really skis like him do they no, it's it's quite, I guess, for, from my side as someone that's still kind of racing, like, I guess I look at Odie and try and take what he's doing and the good bits, but it's difficult to to really, like, lock in and be like, oh, he's doing that really nice, whereas, say, a Mayard or a Zubo or Kranjek or any of those guys, you can you can take more some more, like, technical elements or see what they're doing and relate a little a little better to it. But, no, really, really good race. Um, obviously, it was quite... I would, I, you know, it's mildly more difficult than other races for guys further back. Yeah, there was bib 36 went in and then bib 47 went to 30th. But on the whole, it was still money. And I think it was still possible for anyone. Samu Torsti was super close from bib 50. Uh, you know, he was, he's actually been skiing really well this year, switched ahead, things came together. He was in, um, in 20th until he kind of forced from last gate. Did a bit of a wheelie out of the turn. So, um, yeah, excellent race. It was cool. Marcel, have you spoken to your dad about how it's going with Alexi, how he's dealing with what ultimately has to be, you know, a very, very frustrating day in the office? Well, I mean, obviously it was frustrating. He He's certainly up there with Odermatt. He was maybe not on that day, but in, in general he is. And he, I don't think he performed the way he could be. And like obviously, it's it will be playing with his mind. I don't particularly know what they discussed, but I it's always a tricky situation. Like we've all been there. But then on the other hand, if you think about it, momentum shifts really quickly. Let's say there is some unexpected things happening at the final, like got cancelled or whatever. Um, things can can change pretty quickly, and and once you get like that grasp, you you might be able to turn it around. Like have a good first run in GS and you know what, you're off, you're off. Like there is no way they can catch you up anymore. So it's, it's really tricky 
for him. And obviously the last couple of races probably haven't been that good. I think ever since he crashed on the, on the world champs. That seems, that seems to have been the turning point, wasn't it? Cause I think before yeah. world champs, every single person, I think, you know, so we see it in the predictions league, like Pantero, NEGS, Pantero, 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 Pantero. Um, and basically until world champs where we saw a bit of a sort of a blip from him, obviously with, with falling uh, and then, Odomat smashing that super jet. I mean, I don't know where Odomat's, I mean, his form's never gone away, but all of a sudden, like two races, super G smashed it, GS smashed it. Um, and he's just riding a crest, isn't it? Yeah, but that just shows you how, how close everything is together. I mean, I, I said like a month ago that it's not over yet. That's going to be still really tight with Odermatt coming from the back. And he just needs a couple of good races and he'll be, he will be there. And that's literally what's happening right now. I mean, it's, it's so close. Yeah, 25, 25 points is all that Odomat now leads. You know, Odomat's form currently in GS is absolutely insane. He's He's been top five in the last 11 World Cup GS races. That's pretty mega, isn't it? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that I is, think it's... That is pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, like, to, to, to be like delivering, you know, not, not even... Yeah, not even one race to be, like, 11th or, like, whatever, just to basically ski, like close to the fastest GS in the world for 11 races in a row. You know, Alexi dominated, you know, Al Adelboden, like so strong. You know, Alexi, I still think is is a stronger GS skier. But, I mean, Odomad's making his life pretty tough and he's, he's getting there. I think give him another year and, and the experience and maturity as an athlete that he'll have. You know, he is only 24 years old. I think Odomad's going to be going to be seriously a force to be reckoned with and yeah. whether guys like Zubo or Pintero can keep up will be an interesting one so such different styles of skiing Zubo is just an absolute powerhouse monster unit. isn't he you know he's skiing an interesting an interesting fact is Zubo's been skiing on a 198 centimeter ski all season all season um, you know all season since Solden every race except same for ra parallel same radius uses. same radius it once you're at speed, it turns just the same. Like it turns as easily, but at low speed, it can be difficult to turn. Um, but it just gives you that much. You know, think of Adelbert and how fast it is. Marcel, you know what that middle section of Adelbert is like. You know, you're cooking 80, 85 kilometers an hour, just pinging past gates. And I think that 198 just allows a much smoother, stable um, pressure point That's throughout all. the turn. Yeah. Um, whereas so often, like, you know, if it's icy and it's fast, the GS skis sometimes want to do this when it's straight and in the fall line. Um, Is anybody else, anybody else skiing on that? Anybody else trying it out? Uh, most Atomic guys are. I mean, down in Bansko, Fella, Schwartz, uh, Zubo, I think Kilda was using it. Bratton had it before he got injured, although he wasn't using it in races. He just trained in it. Uh, you know, even guys like Gestrine, we had it down in Bansko. You know, guys starting further back um head produced one uh, and that's what father has used since uh just before cortina and i mean his track record was one two one up in bansko and and it actually funnily enough when you watched him in kranskagora the first run kind of looked like he was struggling a bit like the skis looked a bit lethargic on him and i think yeah, I mean, maybe he did look lethargic yeah i didn't notice yeah, the skis though yeah, you know, maybe it was just him. Maybe it was. But I, I think maybe that 198 there with the lower speed on that snow was just a little bit more difficult to use. And I actually know Mauricio went and used it in Kranzkogora 
almost blindly, you know, he was like, father is so fast. Like, I want to get on that 198. It worked wherever he trained. He used it. And it and kind of, I think in hindsight, he turned around and went, mm, was that the best call? I'm not Need sure. Need a bit more time on it, maybe. Um, but it was, it was Ligeti's doing, uh, that 198. Apparently, he was going to be the only one that was allowed to use it in Cortina, but he got injured and then gave it the green light for Favre. I think from what I'd heard, Alexi hadn't had the time to test it. Obviously, you would know a little bit more about that, Marcel. Um, but Alexi's schedule doesn't surprise me. He hadn't had enough time to test a 198. Um, it's quite cool. It's quite... Yeah. So, so it's an, an interesting thing about, you know, where's this GS ski going? You know, we... We had that 195, 35-meter radius. They went back to 30, you know, but now it seems that with the core sets, the faster sets, that longer ski gives a bit more stability. Is it going to become the norm with other brands or not? I don't know. I guess it'll depend, though, because core setting is so... I mean, if you're the only... If you're the coach of the only person that's on a 193 or whatever it is, then... Then yeah, if I mean, you set something you, mental, <laughs> mentally turny, you'll be like, right, see you later, 198. <laughs> the, the thing is, you know, guys would just adapt and change like that, you know. Like, as, as Zubo says, you know, Zubo in parallel goes back to that 193, and, and that works because it at high speed it feels quite similar, it's just like feels more stable but doesn't make it harder to turn in. Um, but as you'll know, Marcel, like, just that's you know even between European Cup and World Cup, the difference in the speed because of the hill prep and the fact that thousands of people have slipped that hill. You know, if it's an icy hard surface, there's so little slow snow grains on that slope. You know, it's such fast snow, so the speeds are so high, and I think that's why that 98's worked for a lot of those guys. So it'll be interesting to see how that moves forward. Yeah, I mean, we, we had discussed about the course setting this year already, and then some people yeah. said it's too quick, some said it's too turny. So I guess, well, FIS will be having a look of look out for that on over the summer. And if they if they mm-hmm. starting to think that they need to have a turnier course, they will be having a turnier course, and then those ninety eight I mean, might not be working anymore. Yeah, uh, the thing is, you see it you see it across the board. The sets are so they're so varied, and may, maybe FIS need to tighten some parameters to make it sort of mm-hmm. so it's not quite one or the other, but. Just an example, we should get onto the slalom later, but the first run of the slalom, the first guys down were doing 49. And in the second run, the first guys down were doing 57. I mean, that was a bit of a turny course. Kostelic was happy about that, I would assume. But... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just think it's interesting. And both, and both so are deep. within the parameters, both are allowed, but it's, it just shows that, you know, it's a bit more tricky to, to, than... You know, it's whoever's setting, set what you want, set to what suits your athletes. So, I mean, but sometimes like they need to use their brains a bit more because I thought for those conditions that slalom was just, just way too much because you could literally see chopping it up racer by racer rather than having maybe a bit more like a straighter course and having less ruts. Like, I think that was just a bit, a bit useless to be honest. I mean, they set it for a reason though, surely. I mean, Norwegian guys set the second run. Must have been setting it for. Well, that didn't work out for either. <laughs> no, 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 it did. No, but it didn't. But the French guy set the first round really straight, and you, you know. Yeah. I don't, what can you say? If if it's in the if it's in the rules of parameters, you can train whatever you want to train, and maybe Kostelic is happy with a bit more of a banana set, but uh, <laughs> get some. I wonder if he. Out. I wonder if he was allowed to set any courses this year. I haven't. I've never heard his name on a, on a course set report, but. I haven't seen it yet. 
I haven't seen I think it what, You'd I notice think on TV because there'd be like gates everywhere. Be like, Maybe it's from the grande finale. They're waiting for the big, big finale <laughs> to set, for him to set. He can set the GS and the, and the two slalom, everything, just to give it a bit more spice. <laughs> Downhill set by custom. <laughs> I um, think the reason why they haven't had the set is because there's no Croatian in, um, like in the top whatever you need to be in World Cup to get a course set. Because yeah, that's how the... We're, we're losing Marcel's internet and I mean um, Raposo's internet is maybe well, that's, the best. that's maybe a sign that's a sign <laughs> it, it, it's maybe the best way to uh, to get Charlie to be quiet is to, to shut him mess off. with his internet I think he's I think he's actually hopefully he's still there there he goes he's uh, he's, he's on his way back see, he's a professional athlete you guys can't see that but he's rolling around in his bed Charlie you there you back yeah I'm here yeah, yeah just I'm, I am a professional athlete and my back's sore, so I've got to move around my bed all the time. It's the, G, it's the GS <laughs> gear in the here. same position, yeah. Right, women's slalom. First one, the night slalom or the evening twilight, the twilight slalom, uh, which I thought was interesting considering you went then into a morning slalom the next day. I don't think you're allowed to do that on Fizz, by the way, but anyway. Uh, Vlahova, she under she's under pressure and she performed, didn't she, on that first day? Vlahova took the win. Liensberger was second, two tenths back, and Schifrin uh, managed to get a, yet another podium point six four of a second back. Um, conditions looked a little soft up in Are. Didn't look quite like the surface we were expecting to be seeing there. Um, what do you, what were you take on it, Marcel? I mean, I, I thought, to be completely honest, I thought the first race was was not very nice to watch. Um, the only girl who did really well, I thought, was Flahova because everyone else was getting bumped around and like that. Well, basically left, right, and center. And then you saw Vlahova and she was skiing down as it would have not been anything, like as it would have been normal. Yeah. Which was obviously fair play to her, but the other girls, I think, they were struggling a bit. And specifically, like Schifrin and Liensberger, they both made quite major mistakes on that second run. I mean, obviously, it's. As per usual, the three three girls on the podium, pretty much. But Vlahova was definitely by far the best one on that race. Yeah, she she looked solid, didn't she? She yeah. she didn't really. She made a, a very small error, I think, on that uh, middle flat, but just lost the outside skis briefly. But she had the strength to just bring it straight back. I mean, she's just so powerful. Like she she literally can cut through the ruts, and you could see that a lot of people were trying to stay in in like the grooves. Yeah. Um and like being quite far away from from the from the gates and then they were like a bit knocked off their position quite frequently and Vlahova was keeping it really tight and really um well yeah just kept it kept it really tight with the line and I think that was was basically what brought her like the advantage on that race I think the long legs helped Petra a lot you know you see the same thing with uh Zainhausen and Slalom yeah. on the men's side when you get that soft stuff it it looks to me as though Schifrin really struggles in soft rutty courses she just doesn't have that consistency of of old yet does she i just yeah well you saw her kind of i don't know if it's first or second day i think it was second day like almost drop on the inside ski you know obviously booted out in one of the ruts because yeah you know if you want to be on that slalom gate but you got that shorter leg and the rut gets further and further away from the gate as you ski i mean to me leansberger second day wicked impressive she was only five handies behind velova on the second run you know, and Velova obviously went early. Did you guys um did you guys see the the story that Livia is Livia Magoni, it's her coach, isn't it? Uh, did you see the did you see the article that came out saying that he'd said that if she doesn't win the overall, he's taking responsibility for making her do so many races? 
Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he's, he's like, it's my job. I'm the head coach. I decide the program. And he thinks it was a bit too much what they did. I mean, I could have told him that back in back in November. Well, we, we've been <laughs> talking about that all season long. <laughs> if he wants to come on a podcast and get some tips, please. We're there for him. We're there for you. <laughs> you know, if you need some help deciding what you should do, <laughs> we've got some big brains over here. Um, well, we, have small brain, brain. we have small brains, but we have three of them. So that's like... <laughs> The thing is, the thing is, though, with the way that World Cup points work, this it's so the, the, they drop off so quickly that you need the, the podiums, you need the big performances. No point scoring 10 15th places, you may as well score two yeah, podiums. There's, there's those little elusive buggers, so so freaking hard to get, and they just slip <laughs> away like hell. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> they're just too hard to come by, those little ones, just uh, go straight to the top. Uh, yeah charlie go straight to the top just keep those like 25 yeah. spots in between yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. That sounds uh, a lot of, there's lots of self-confidence in that answer to be, to be fair i do reckon i do reckon if below loses the overall and you ping ping her coach an email saying you got some tips i think you'd really appreciate that yeah, yeah. i'd definitely be doing it <laughs> Behind the computer screen, to be fair, as well. But yeah, I mean, honestly, definitely with that user 69, 69, 69. <laughs> I'll just find myself a, a fake profile, hard to hide behind. Charlie Raposo, <laughs> Team GB. <laughs> that throws me right back to being in Chile in 2009 when Ed was still racing. And we were all down in Santiago and one of Ed's teammates at the time, Andy Noble, thought it was a great idea to put all of the drinks of the team that evening on my hotel room. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Thankfully, Mark was able to sort it out, but you know. A couple of peace, sure peace goes out. Was that, was that when you were in, you were in the W, morning. weren't you? A couple. You were staying in yeah, the W, Yeah, at the same time that uh, Andy and Mark Andy and Mark were trying to convince um, were trying to convince uh, Pam to come up and knock on my door night because I had a crush on Pam when I was thirteen years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no comment. I'm not even going there. I'm not being drawn into this argument. Um, yeah. If you're staying at the double, you can you can you can have a few you can have a few pisco sours on your on your room bill. Raposa, your internet is keeps your, your internet keeps cutting out. We're at dodgy, dodgy uh, right oh, around Wi-Fi. Sorry, you know it's just all these. Uh... Yeah, I didn't score World Cup points this year, so I don't get to stay in the nice hotels. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite rightly so. <laughs> when Marcel goes out, I'm surprised out, you even get a bedroom. I'm surprised you get a bedroom. You should be sleeping outside somewhere in a tent. <laughs> you know, I know. If I got World Cup points, I'd be in the pickle mug, but instead, you know. <laughs> Charlie Guest on that first race equaled her PB 23rd it was a good solid yeah. race great second round again she was um, I was speaking to her briefly over the last week and she was just saying that you need to get that confidence to have a go on those second runs but obviously that comes with being in there a couple of times and and we'll get on to it later but yeah another pb the following day so it's um it's it's good it's to shame. see it's a shame that the season's over for her because the last three races were pretty good i mean i mean she was only like 12 points off finals or something in the end wasn't she 
Yeah, it's, but it's good, yeah. good confidence for next year. She should take that into the summer month and, and build on that. Yeah, she's moving in the right direction. I think finally found that gas pedal that she's been looking for. Yeah, and as well. Month. And as maybe, well. Maybe you can. Maybe she can tell you where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to gloss over that. All right, I do. I can. I find the gas pedal in a second run. All right, I can't do it. I just need to get. Well, that, that's what you tell yourself, Charlie. You haven't been there yet. <laughs> I, I, I won a second run of a European Cup this year. You know, I found, a, I found some gas pedal. All right, cool. Just, yeah, just yeah. got to lo- locate it a bit more often. And we'll, we'll see and we'll when you'll see the big boy cup then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say that I was actually going to say that I think she's also found consistent training, hasn't she? Because she's been played with injuries over the last few seasons. So it shows what a, what a solid run of skiing without any time away as well as fitness on the fitness side as well so no it looks pretty good it's a it's a yeah, good place in, to be she's in good form um we'll g- crack over to the men's slalom race which i think was night and day conditions wasn't it the change uh i mean that is some of the worst <laughs> conditions i think i've ever seen like even i mean i was commentating with the eurosport team and you uh, the tv screens the camera guy. I don't know if they didn't have any hoods on their camera lenses or what, but you couldn't see a thing when you were. Yeah, Nordbottom was crazy. I so many people posted about Nordbottom's run because you, all you there was a tiny little yeah. hole that you could <laughs> see, like you could see like a double cross block here and there. <laughs> I uh, I have to raise uh, Mark Rochat put on it on Instagram. Thirty first position, zero point zero two seconds out. Rough day and a relatively fair sport. <laughs> 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 I couldn't help but laugh um, Brutal, really because it. the best part was it was then an emoji of, of a blind guy with the stick with <laughs> <laughs> just 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 in case no one got the sarcasm it was brutal 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 I mean it was it's one of those things isn't it? it doesn't happen that often I mean we get crap weather obviously we're outdoor sport but that was kind of next level and just turned into a bit of a bib draw um marcel what do you think i mean i i don't think they should have done this the slalom it was just not good enough and like they should have at least cancelled it after 30 or whatever but what i have to say in general is like the slalom races they were not very lucky this year like they had either shabby conditions or shit weather like there were barely a good slalom in there which is a bit of a shame i thought but yeah, I mean it's 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 an outdoor sport, right? So you can't change it. But I, I don't think that race was really fair for yeah, anyone. I mean, Zagreb wasn't great. Both Chamonix weren't great. Like Alta Badia, the first race was really soft as well. And then I mean, you get like I don't, I don't think Alta Badia. Um, um... Flachau was really good. Um, uh, Flachau, both Flachau had ice, and Schladming had ice. But yeah, yeah and I think that was it because Madonna didn't have was soft. Madonna was Madonna cool, soft, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Madonna soft. Uh, and it soft. like it, it does it does take a certain kind of skier to be good in those conditions, right? Not everyone can do that. Um, and Marco Schwarz, Marco Schwarz, he's king, really good in it. <laughs> king of those conditions. Look at him taking the title. Who would have who would have bet on that at the beginning of the season? Um, I know the Austrians really have pulled something off here. Like they, they've had some good results in all disciplines. There are in some the people end. going to be getting how, big um, pats on big backs. Yeah, yeah, Marcel, how do you feel about the fact that Polak are just is in great light right now? Well, it's pretty good for them. I mean, I, I do enjoy like ski- seeing them skiing well. I mean, they, yeah. 
the speed skiers, they always have been doing really well. And I mean, Brent Steiner, he's such a nice guy, right? And he's like, he had so many injuries. And I remember that Olympic Games where he was yeah. smashing it and he tore his ACL just somewhere in the middle and like could have won a medal and like all those yeah. kind of things. And I think it's, it's well-deserved for them. But it's not, it's not just Schwartz. You can see other races like Ramon Senhuisen is doing really well in those conditions. As you said, quite rightly, his legs are helping mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And then you have like other people, maybe like Daniel Yule, who probably doesn't have the best season, but also the conditions are not playing in his favor. Like the skis going everywhere, unfortunately yeah. for him. Although I, I look at like I looked at him yesterday and I like something just looks like like in the setup. Who's this? You like, his stance is so you, yeah. Like one of you said it, one of yeah. you were talking about his stance. I was just looking at his knees and I'm like, what the f- is going on with those boots? Excuse yeah, I my think, language. I think that he I, I do think that he's he seems way wider in his legs than I've I've seen him before. It just mm-hmm. and it looks uncomfortable, it looks awkward, it looks like that that's so wide that inside leg blocks you. It really does. Like you ski too wide and it blocks your feet. I mean, maybe he's been spending too much time with Zenhoisen with his massive angles that he's just trying to emulate that guy because he can get away with it. But um I think I think it's always it's always really easy to see, you know, what Fisher are not that good in salted snow most of the time. They they that, that's their kryptonite. You see it in any discipline. You see the you see you know brands struggle and certain stuff. Fisher did not have that great of a day uh, in the slalom. Um, um, you know, you see on the GS side when some brands are really strong, some are not so strong. Got a question for you guys? Yeah. Why, given the weather conditions, didn't we reverse top fifteen? Anybody want to want to go for that one? If if World Champs was that bad, uh, that we only did fifteen. And actually, I spoke to Ben about this before. Ben Clark said, well, actually, that race was still more exciting than the world champ slalom with only top 15. That's so true. That's so true. Uh, I mean, maybe the- Marcus didn't fancy any more death threats. <laughs> that's, that's potentially <laughs> true. And therefore, I wouldn't blame him if that, is the, if that was the reason yeah. for not doing it. I, mean, I wonder where he those was- death threats came, came from. Yeah, that's a good point. I reckon Marcus thought, oh, I'm, I'm verging on East Europe here. There's a little bit less protection over in this neck of the woods. I'm not going <laughs> to tempt fate. Our, our, East, our Eastern European listeners are going to come find you, Charlie. Yeah, I know. I'll tell him where you live as well, Charlie. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in the verbia, nah, darling. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, on, I mean, that's a sort of, I know, I know it's sort of a bit of a tongue-in-cheek question, but if you... Surely, if there was a day for tongue it, tongue and cheek answer on Eastern Europe, I must say. <laughs> no, Charlie, it's too, no, it's too late. You've you've put yourself in that shit now. That, so this, that that part's <laughs> getting edited out. <laughs> no, but it, you know it, that is a, apparently um, it can be made up to an hour before the start. So yeah, I don't know. I, I always thought it had to be stated in the meeting the evening before that they might do it, and then but maybe it can be an it. hour before. Yeah. Exactly. I think it has to be said that it's possible that they will do it. That we'll consider yeah, it the next time. I day. think they should completely wipe that rule out whatsoever. That yeah. should never be happening. Like, yeah. never. If, if they don't think that it's good enough to get 30 people down, just cancel the bloody race, you know? Like, don't even try and make up some rules. They're probably going to end up, oh, we just reverse the top five. Oh, oh we maybe let's let the first guy go again as the first guy or some, some crap. I mean, it's just, where, does, where does it stop? Where does it stop? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, no, I think you're right. I think they should just do away with it because that race was, you know, it was trick horrible. I was about to say tricky, but it was horrible. But it was certainly still more exciting. I think I, I, I had much better time watching it than I did the World Champs one. But yeah, I mean, it's just because you you never know when someone's wiping out. Really, <laughs> yes, yeah, a, a bit of added danger. When, <laughs> plus, you can't see them either behind the snow, the, the sleeting blizzard. Somebody did deal with it really well. Clement Noel. He was, uh, he bossed it, didn't he? Uh, Mufa Jonde, founding form in slalom. He's lost it in GS, but somehow he's found it in slalom. And the big fella, Zenhuizen, picked up third. Marco Schwarz does enough to take the title with a sixth place. So, yeah, the Frenchies quite enjoyed it. Well, except for one. Seventh. Apart from one. Seventh. What was that, Charlie? I said seventh for Schwartz. Seventh place. There you go. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That was about the best contribution of the whole podcast. Well done, Charlie. I mean, Charlie, you know that I just make uh, random say, statements on here that I proclaim to be true anyway. One one person I felt a little bit for is, I'm not sure quite how many he's had, but Lloyd Mayard, I think, has had a fair few fourth places this year. And that was yet another fourth place he had in slalom. Um, so I think his, his slalom's come on leaps and bounds this year. I think he showed some real speed but not quite enough over two runs, you know, maybe just having being spread over both disciplines. He hasn't quite found the, the volume or consistency that he needs in slalom. Could be quite interesting battle in the future, him and Odermatt battling it out for the overall World Cup. Do you guys want to hear a very funny story about how I once thought like Mayard sucked? No. I'll, I'll do it if it's a quick story. I mean, <laughs> hey, seconds, a quick one. My third year fist, I had, I had 27, fist points from my second year fist I think I was ranked like second 96 in the world first was some Austrian guy Lloyd Mayer goes and bangs out like a 17 and, and no Lloyd Mayer goes and bangs out 17 and 19 at the beginning of the year and I was fuming like you are when you're a child and you think fist points are everything in life and I just went this Lloyd Mayer guy sucks I raced against him last year. He's terrible. And here I am eating my words many years Charlie, later just, when he is dominating. Just a quick one on this story. I thought the most interesting point was actually, how, what's, what was your world rank position? 96? I was second. Well, <laughs> your, your ranking position was 96. It's better than it's now. What, in 1996 yeah. first? <laughs> No, you said yeah. that in your second year of face, you were ranked 96th or something, and that's actually better Sorry. than it's <laughs> <Sorry>. four. <laughs> four. <laughs> I meant four 1996 bars. Like, and I played 1996 bars. Sorry. Unlike me, to not put enough context. I was just stressed about getting my story told quickly. I always get in trouble for rambling on the podcast. Um, no, I quite liked it. <laughs> but yeah, Muff- yeah but Schwartz, no, because Schwartz said that was the nicest seventh place I've ever had. Well, there you go. Well, the yeah, taking the title. I don't think anybody would have put that on him, I think, at the beginning of the season. But Mufajonde, any idea where he's pulling that slalom form from? Because he's lost it in GS. I mean, that's I mean, that's not even, you know, that's not even being harsh. I think that's pretty fair. Um, but this slalom form, <laughs> he's had a bunch of top tens this season as well, really consistent on the slalom side. I think he's he's smashing the slalom. I feel he's always he's always there for a podium once a year or twice a year, isn't he? Like he always gets his like his podium, and he's yeah, he's a he's a great skier. I mean, there is nothing wrong with his skiing. He it's just fluid, really fluid, isn't it? But just sometimes I think he might be 
he just misses like that last bit to get on the podium or win a race or be on the podium more frequently, I guess. And and I mean, yesterday he was seamlessly skiing down that hill, no problem at all, picking up the second pop, go back home. Casual. Casual. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Charlie, as, as we've got you on the pod, mm-hmm. we're going to play Getting to Know You. You're quite like this. It's talking about you. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. Question one. Quick fire, quick fire questions are, uh, where's your yeah. favorite place to ski? I like how you have to add that. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you could ski with anyone for a day, who would it be? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nice. Uh, favorite place to at pray when you're allowed or when you, when you can. Verbier. La Rouge to be specific. There you go. Nice. Uh, yeah. who is the best ski racer of all time? You don't have to go quite as quick fire for this one if you want. Um, oh, I've got to put Hersha. Like an added level of respect. Anyone who's listening to this, check out Hersha's Red Bull interview that came out a few days ago. Like fascinating read on his life after ski racing and how he left everything behind. I think he's just, he's epic. Really cool. Uh, Bodhi, Bodhi in there as well. Bodhi, Bodhi's an all-time. all-time. Okay. Um, what is your most memorable moment in ski racing history not not of, not necessarily of yourself but just is ski racing in general um oh can i go back to you at the end of the quick fire questions for that one okay need to mull over uh when you're not skiing you will find me probably being extroverted and hanging out with friends and talking too much talking too much i think is probably <laughs> accurate <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is uh, I mean I still talk a lot while I ski so that's kind of problematic what is your worst moment on skis um, no I, I don't know I guess I guess any point of like you know anything that causes bodily harm back spasms any of that stuff that, that usually kind of sucks um, lying on the side of a piece like with a, with a back that's not working properly I'd say that's probably up there yeah that sounds, sounds pretty terrible um, yeah and you're on a road trip to the Alps. Me and Marcel are going to meet you there because we're we're too cool. Um, but who's yeah. coming with you? You get three. You got three spare seats. Who's coming with you? Three spare seats. Oh, this you're, is tough. You're in your um, you're in your Howden Audi. You know, well, okay. I'm going to exclude any of my teammates because I travel with them all year, right? Yeah, you could board so, them, guys. Eric. American buddy of mine who threw it into eighth and saw back downhill this year. We've been Sorry, who, who did you say time. it was? Who um, did you say it was you cut out? Eric, Eric Ovidson. Nice. Yeah, just Mr. Positivity. Uh, Henrik Winstead, he's actually a free ride skier, but he's um, a good buddy of mine from Sweden. Moynihan. And, uh, and say the last one again Nick Moynihan. Making. And we all gonna meet up in at Winnie's in New Zealand, Charlie. Yeah, exactly. You know the drill. in then. Come on, no, no in jokes on the pod. <laughs> I mean, okay, all right, all right, right. So with the year that Marcel and I skied together with Global Racing, um, we went down to New Zealand early to acclimate and get used to the time change and all the rest of it. And and we were down there for five days, and and it ended up being quite 
quite unacclimative. Charlie, my mom, my mom listens to the podcast as well, so be very careful. Um, <laughs> put it this way, you know, one night we kind of thought we wanted to stay in and Shunti, Marcel's dad, was down there with us and he goes, oh, come on. <laughs> Which is my favorite thing that Shunti says is when he goes, come on. <laughs> and, and sort of went, come on, you got to go into town. Um, and Winnie's is a, a sensational apres-ski bar in uh, New Zealand that everyone should probably go and check out. So there's many a fond memory with Mr. Mattis down there. Or a few fond memories. I mean, we did go down for ski racing. I wouldn't say many. Marcel sure. to this day is still convinced that he spent 45 New Zealand dollars on absinthe and I threw the shot over my shoulder. <laughs> I feel like we've got half a story that Marcel, you need to fill us in on the rest of this story. No, I mean, like, honestly, when you go to Winnie's and you dance on the table, you, you feel like the ground moving because it's in the, on the second floor and you think, like, the whole thing is going to break down at some stage. It is just, it's just madness. I think it's probably the best place in the Southern Hemisphere to ski and also to yeah. ski. Like, it's unbelievable. And I would definitely go back in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, Winnie's is the best place in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, I think you, you quite like cowboys as well, Charlie. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's um, another, another story for another day but yes awesome. that would be my road trip awesome these nice are one. like the most like un quick fire questions ever sorry about this guys. i mean a, a standard standard repose though <laughs> he's um, gonna cut half of you off anyway so <laughs> yeah. let's let's bring this back to some skiing last race to get through is the second with the women's slums where leansberger absolutely smashed that second race, uh, Schifrin seven tenths back in second place, and Wendy Holdner picking up her 488th podium in slalom, uh, <laughs> 1.65 off. <laughs> um, what I will say is Vlahova is an incredibly lucky lady slash skillful um, to make that sort of recovery uh, and still manage to be just inside the 30 and then move up into the top 10 after being 27th. I mean... She saved some big points there to hang on to the lead of the slalom as well as the lead in the overall. Yeah, I mean, that is that is pretty impressive. I mean, the second round is obviously Flahova Lake again, right? And you can see she's now in, in the pole position for winning that thing. And no doubt about it. And it must be actually the most gutting thing about that third place from Wendy Holder must be that Jensberger won because she was on the podium quite a lot of times as well, but she made it now on into the, like the winning seat and yeah. Wendy didn't, which must be a bit gutting. But I thought Jensberger well deserved, finally a win. Well, finally she's still quite young, so. But it, not 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 just a, a win, but a, you know she took the field apart. Really, that second yeah. round was was incredible. I mean, she just had such a good season, didn't she? She was almost on the podium on every single race in slalom. Yeah, just, she just missed one podium, uh, hasn't she? And she was fourth on that race. So that's even better than Odermatt's like, winning streak or, or podium streak. And I think she's definitely one to watch for the next couple of seasons as well because she's so professional and she's such a good worker. Do you um, think she's going to... Do you think that she is now so in there with the Rossies, the, 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 um, Kessler, it was Kessler, wasn't it? That problem's gone away. Or do you yeah, I don't think she will. I don't think she will be changing now. I, I mean, mean, it'd be, it'd be pr a pretty bold move, wouldn't it? But yeah, uh, and I, I think like usually people have a contract until Olympic games anyway. So next year are the Olympics. And I would assume, highly assume that she will be having a contract 
until next year at least. She now she actually re-signs this year because it was a two-year contract she had with Rosie and it was a Castley ordeal last year. Okay. So I think her contract comes up again this year. But yeah, I think yeah, I think it would be a crazy in theory. It, with it being an Olympic season, it'd be a mental move, wouldn't it, to to change when you're well, to go all that. over that again. I mean, that is just. Well, um, they're in the pool now, so it wouldn't be an issue. But, but uh, in terms of how well she's doing, to then, I mean, wonder if that would be. Imagine if she'd switched and it, you know, she she wouldn't have had this season potentially. I mean, she may have still done. Who knows? But quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. A little sliding doors moment. And that, that's what I find so interesting about Ordemar. He's basically the only guy on like a top level that's Guy Stuckley. Yeah, but is- I don't think, I, I heard that that's not really a, I hear that it's it's made made elsewhere. <laughs> no, it is made of Stuckley because they, they've got Thomas Tumler now, uh, Odie's teammate, and Rasmus Windingstad as well. Um, so it is made of Stuckley, but it is, it's interesting that it, like you said, such I heard it was. I heard it wasn't style. made in the Stokely factory. Let's just let's leave it there. But you, really? you, you're probably no, you're closer to the the action than I am. But oh, interesting. Charlie, Charlie's brain is thinking of mm, maybe I should <laughs> Stokely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tempting. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> but no, it's it, it's it's yeah. I like I love a little sliding doors moment. You know, she's she's the Rosies. She's on fire on those Rosies, isn't she? So somebody that isn't potentially. Rosie's biggest um, fan at the moment is Christofferson with maybe with all his chat about struggling with the setup all the time. And I feel like that might be a bit of a a sort of, because now when you talk about Christofferson's season, he's, he spoke so much this year about struggling with the setup. Like at some point, surely that's got to piss your manufacturer off, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, there hasn't really been a lot of a hammer drop from his comments. I think if it was anyone else, there would have been some hammer drop from Rosie. As in going, shut the hell up, enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, but uh, quote unquote, well, I'm I'm not going to tell the media it's me because then I'm going to start believing it myself as as to what the problem is, which is, I mean, the man's got a point. (laughs) I, I, I have to disagree with you, Charlie. He doesn't have a leg to stand on here. Nor do you if you complain about this case. I mean, you don't do that. No, uh, I mean, no I, I, I'm not. But when you look at, okay, Dina Starr and Rosie combined, right? You've got 17 guys who scored World Cup points this year. Stokely as a brand have more World Cup points than Rosie and Dina Starr do. Yeah, but if you think about it, Atomic had most of their points scored by Hirscher and Schifrin as well. You know, you can't really compare it if you have like one guy who is smashing it all the way True. along. Yeah. It's really hard to say, and I don't think there might be there might True. be some some issues with some stuff. But in the end, like you can't. You At some can, point, you, you like Loic Meard does does well, for example. Sorry for interrupting you, but no, Loic Meard has like has really good races, and he gets like fourth and and podiums and all that kind of stuff. So I don't particularly think there is a there is a an excuse. There might be something that doesn't work as well as it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But it's but he's he's rather far off in, in GS, for example. I mean, it's yeah, GS, I very agree. far off, and he won two slaloms. I mean, hey, it's, I, I would love to, I would love to win, win two slaloms in my career. Um, like, obviously, it's not his standards, I get that, but blaming the skis for stuff and blaming the equipment for stuff is just it's just not good attitude in any sports, yeah, because that's I think, my opinion. No, no, I agree because I think if you it's sort of twofold. One, if you're using it as a defensive thing to sort of keep yourself sort of buoyed by the fact that it's not you, it's, you know, I'm still, I'm still mega. It's the skis that aren't working. Like at some point 
even if you're doing that as a defense, like you'll start believing that. But also I think you end up messing around looking at equipment so often that sometimes you forget that you're the biggest influence on the equipment. And if you start going, right, I'm going to change this, that, and the other thing to try and find the, the, the sort of the, the golden ticket, as it were, you end up missing the point that it's probably your skiing that needs the, uh, the adjustment. But also, I mean, I would assume Christopherson, and I don't know the setup there, but he's their best racer on paper. So I would assume they're moving heaven and earth to make it better for him. You know, I mean, it, it, I know it takes a bit of time sometimes, but I'm sure they have tried a lot of things this year. And, and that I would assume have maybe messed up a bit with his head as well, like getting all those different skis and all those different yeah. setups and everything. Too, it's, it's too much, too much sort of variables. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting, though. Certainly interesting. Charlie Guest picking up 16th, which was a mega performance. That second run was uh, was was really good. She got to sit in the leader's red chair, which uh, only a you know even less a handful of people get to do. So, you know, I saw on her social media that, you know, box ticked sitting in the leader's red chair. Yeah, 16th place is a, is a, a huge step forward for her going forward uh, and a great... Um, light shining light of of the, the job that the the british ski team as a whole are doing i think it's really good really cool agreed is that it charlie <laughs> <laughs> you're taking your no uh, you, you... i heard the good job the british team are doing and i just thought i would say agreed <laughs> uh, yeah, charlie's done a wicked job as well and myself i'm really happy that yeah i'm, I'm stoked for her that she's healthy, fit, bodies working, and she's delivering some, some good outcomes and some good skiing. It's cool. It's, um, it's, an, it's a good message for her to finish on with World Cup finals around the corner. Anybody got anything to add before we look ahead to what's happening? I just cannot wait for this Odomat-Pintero debate that we're going to finish up with right about now. We've got World Cup finals coming up. We have a busy end to the season. Hopefully, if this weather plays ball at all over the next few day few days because um yeah it's looking blizzardy and not too great for the downhills they already cancelled the first downhill training they're going to try and get one off tomorrow because we've got uh wednesday we're supposed to be racing men's and women's downhill thursday men's and women's super g friday is the team parallel Saturday, men's GS, women's slalom, and then Sunday, women's slalom, men's GS. So there's not an awful lot of space in the program for weather days. Um, Marcel, you talked about how Lenzheider was, you know, a really cool place to go, like good race pistes, looking forward to a bit of a technical setup for those guys. But the weather um, may put the kibosh on all of it. Yeah, I mean, Lenzerheide as a ski resort or as a, as a World Cup resort is unbelievable. <clears throat> it's so challenging, specifically. It's maybe not like the best downhill because it's just a bit too steep, I guess. But it would have just fitted Odermatt and potentially also Pintero doing that downhill in Super G. But I've, uh, I've felt free, as Ben is not here today, to look at the weather. So I'm, I'm going to play the weatherman for a for Okay, go for it. One podcast, and it looks horrendous. Like tomorrow <laughs> is really bad. <laughs> tomorrow is really bad, and they need one training, and they cannot change the dates for the races. So if they don't have them on that day, they can't switch it around and stuff. The only thing they could do is they could cancel team event to have a reserve day. 
yeah, they probably will be doing that, to be honest. Um, I, I think so, too. Because Charlie, tomorrow- the, the team event, can anybody go to this? Could, Brit- could the British team enter? In the we team are event? doing the team event, Edward. So you, you guys are going over just to do the team event? Yep. Nine-hour round trip for a team event, maybe. Yeah. You! <laughs> now nah, it's going to get fired okay. up at a team event. Team Getting event. some airtime on Eurosport, Charlie. Yeah, exactly. Giving the fans, giving the fans what they want. <laughs> I can hopefully find that handy I left in Cortina. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah. We hope so too, mate. We hope so too. I think we all do. Um, no, I, think, I, think, I think you think it's a. It will be an interesting team event if it goes off. So let's see what we can bring. But yes, any team can do it. Top sixteen teams. Sorry. Any team, which is, in which is basically anybody, because yeah, and, and a lot of teams obviously don't do it because they don't, you know, the Americans are already gone, so they might not do it. Or the Canadians yeah. aren't doing it. Yeah, I mean, anybody that's sort of getting getting out of dodge, you know, it's been a long. Well, you know, you tell us, it's been a long, tough season, loads of testing, loads of sort of COVID protocols, and it's got to be. I know it's exhausting from chatting to races <laughs> and stuff. So I think this season, more than any, I think a lot of races are looking forward to seeing the back of it. Really. Yeah, I, th- I think it to. To, to not babble it's just very anticlimactic you know normally the end of the season you get sort of brought up by the the atmosphere the intensity the, the what's coming next the enjoyment of the end of the season you know at world cups you obviously had the fans that are going wild this year it's like oh well season ends we're all gonna go back to quarantines and and lockdowns and you know the, the freedom we've had now is probably not going to exist when we go back to our lockdowns it's just sort yeah, of stuff yeah, back to back to the norm. It's tough. New norm. Yeah, unfortunately, let's hope it's not the new norm for too long. Although we said that, I'm pretty sure this time last year. <laughs> let's hope we're not talking about this in like three years' time. Oh, the olden days. <laughs> um. So, I mean, let's be hopeful that we're going to get all of these races in, uh, and so let's get picking, shall we? Because this we've got a few to get through here. Oh, but this you, means though. I actually have to pick, which means I didn't drop out of the league. Yeah, man. I mean, you're not dropping out of the league anyway because I'm in charge of it, so you're still in. Yeah, but Charlie, you can't pick. So if there's a downhill, we can't pick the same people. So it's a bit random. Okay, got it. Okay, Marcel, would you like to kick us off with a men's downhill pick, please? I go for um, Kriegmeier. Ah, oh! Charlie. Would you like to go? Uh, if he's going Kriegmeier and his technical, I'm going to take Odomat. Ooh, nice. I'm going to go Paris because that man will power his way down anything. <laughs> anything. I love the reassurance. That's yeah. What about, what about Fra- uh, Franz Max? <laughs> Crazy Max. <laughs> ben, that's Ben's pick all day long. Ben thinks, by the way, this is quite a sneaky tactic from Ben saying that he can't make it tonight just so that he can get away with doing free picks. Now we know what's going on. <laughs> I think we should. I think I'm going to make sure that his picks can't coincide with our picks. Exactly. To make sure he's still playing the game. Charlie, women's downhill. Oh, this is a tough one. Do you take Gut or do you take Gojia? I think I'm going to go with Gut. Uh, I'm going to go before Marcel. And who do I go for? I mean, it's either Suter or Gojia, otherwise you're a lunatic. Probably <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, I am I am going to go Suter just because I think Gojia might just be a, that's a, a crazy left-field pick. But Marcel picks crazier ones than that. I go for Brignone. But downhill. 
Technical downhill, fair enough, fair enough. Right, I'm going first in Super G for the men. Yeah. For the men. What are you taking? Odomat. Ah! Marcel. Hey, you know what? I go for Pintero. <laughs> Classic. I've actually filled in yours from here on in. It says <laughs> team event, Pintero. <laughs> team Pintero. Uh, I'll Charlie. tell you what, just because I'm out of the game, okay? Just because I'm out of the game, I'm gonna go. Out of the game. You you can't take yourself out of the game. Well, no, but as in like I'm not I'm not gonna win the league at this point, right? Well, you're never. I'm gonna... not gonna catch up with you guys. Yeah, the last what are the chances of winning? Any I league have league. missed the last four weekends. He has not missed any weekends. <laughs> Ed has already said he's gonna take my crosses and turn them into zeros. Uh, I saw that they were zeros. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going Matteo Ballet. I mean, that's not a bad shout off the back of that form the other day. Um, Raposo, you can kick us off with women's Super G. Uh, Goop. Double Goop for you. Um, She hasn't seen me wrong this year. Marcel? I go for Brignone. I feel like this is quite a tough one. Um, Is is Lezeska skiing? Is she back again yet? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know, unfortunately. I ain't got the facilities for that big man. None of none of you care either, because you just you know you just don't want me to have a decent pick. I would think she's back, yeah. Yeah, she's definitely back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust you. Um, (laughs) I don't trust either of you. Uh, I don't really know who I'm going to pick here. It's quite a tough one. I'm going to tell you, Buster's back. Clock sticking. Clock sticking. Seriously, mate, take longer. Five. Four, mm. three, <laughs> pressure, two, uh, one. Okay, it's an X. Lahova. <laughs> she's she's going big. She's she's going to pull out all the Slovakian tricks, and she's going to get a win. Um, <laughs> she, she's bribed up, bribed up people. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. Um, okay, let's go for the team event. Marcel, would you like to go first? Team GB, go team GB. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, nice one, Marcel. Yeah, but uh, you're you're only the you're only the reserve skier, right? Is that correct? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, maybe let me change my mind then. <laughs> you cannot be doing that. Come on. I'm going Norway. Norway. Yeah. Um, do I go Switzerland or Germany? Oh, actually, I'm going Switzerland. No, too late. Can't change uh, it. I've written. I've literally written down. You're in Germany. You're in uh, thingy. Um, and just to really annoy you, I'm going to go Switzerland. They've got that little weapon, Samuel Bissig. He was so quick, though, wasn't he? He is so quick in parallel. Yeah. And home um, turn. And redemption from the fourth place. Men's GS. Odie. So you're going Pintro. You're going Odomat. You going, I take it you're going Pintro. Are you still myself? Yeah, of course I do. Uh, you're going Odomat. I feel like a disloyal friend now for not saying Pintro. Um, well, that's, you are a disloyal friend anyway, so <laughs> oh, um, I'm gonna go Mayar. He has w- been actually he has actually been training there. I saw that. Women's oh, they have been, you're right. Ah, oh, they trained Super G there. And I was they thinking, took a chopper, didn't they? They chopped it over. Yeah, I was thinking Gino alike for a super G pick outside outside pick. Gino, I think, is probably one of the fastest in GS. The guy just can't finish. I mean, he's, wor- he's got worse finish rate than you, Charlie, I think. <laughs> well, not quite, but... <laughs> the good thing that when he does, he actually is faster. Yeah, well, he only did that in Solden. 
pretty much. Yeah, true, that's true. Um, I'm going to go first with the ladies, and I'm going to go Leonsberger again. For GS as well. For women's slalom, Charlie? Shiffy. And I go for Wendy. I said I go for Wendy in the Lancer Heide. Sandy Wendy. Sandy Wendy. Um, men's slalom. You haven't done women's GS yet. Yeah, I know. I'm getting there, mate. I'm getting there. I'm getting that's, that's on the last day. Ah, I didn't know that. I didn't know they did the old flip-flop. Marcel, would you like to go first for the men's slalom? The men's slalom, I think... You're going to ground out for the top three? Pintero, Pintero for the triple? I don't think it's going to be necessary. I think it's going to be... Odomat. <laughs> no, I'm going to go for Clemenoel. Uh, I am going to go... I think it's quite, It's really tough, isn't it? I'm going to take Fella. So you're going to go Fella. You can't just skip the line here. Yeah, there's a... I mean, I wasn't going to... I wasn't going to go Fella anyway. Um, Too risk of us. Yeah, I, I need to get in front... I need to stay in front of Ben. Because Ben's... Me and Ben are now tying after his... Well, I would say don't take Schwartz. No, because the guy's back's falling apart. Falling apart, and he's doing the speed races. Why is he doing the speed races? Look, he's in contention for third place in the overall. Uh-huh. And he's wicked good in speed, or at least was. Mm. Ayard is also doing downhill, I believe. So nice. factor that into your fatigue levels for the for the, for the GS slalom place. Is Ramon going to be doing the downhill? <laughs> <laughs> going the big fella. Zen Hoysen, my pick. Uh, You're not taking riding? Dave doesn't let us go for da- Dave doesn't let us pick him. For- we don't want to jinx him. Yeah, okay, we've, we've yeah. jinxed all of these people already. So now Dave has got a better <laughs> shot at winning. Okay. Um, right. So, and finally, women's GS, uh, Charlie. Uh, it's been a while since Bacino's won. Yeah. Sure for me. Yeah, yeah, I'll give her a go. Actually, no, she's over it. She's won the title. Full over. Marcel? Ben's going to hate me. Tessa. Oh, you just—he's not going to pick. He's not going to be impressed with that. I always forget about Tessa and GS. Uh, and I am going to go Schifrin. Mm, good shout, Schifrin. I was thinking maybe Brunoni because I feel like she needs another. She she could probably do with a. You know she's going to go hell for leather for this because she's wanting a few more wins. Um, right. Okay. Well, let's hope we get all of those races. I'm not holding my breath, but let's hope we get them all done. Nice one. Right. Cheers, boys. And that's all we've got time for. So until next time, bye for now.